Franklin Garderon. You are muted. What's up, my brother? You look fantastic. That beard looks fantastic, dude. Oh. I think we are on air. Look at this good looking man. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? Man, dream, bro. Living the dream. I love it. Yeah, that beard. I haven't seen you so long. I grew a beard. I know, bro. Like how you became a man before my very eyes, bro. Yeah, now I became a man. <laughs> How's the family? Everybody's good? Good, man. Everything is good. Maria finished her last exam yesterday. Oh, that's fantastic. So we are free. Oh, let me let me know. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're good, man. And good. Good, dude. I'm really excited to have you on here. I think this is uh, the conversations I've had are, are have been spectacular, and it's everyone brings their own kind of like their their own meal to the table. Awesome. I mean, I'm super excited to, to that you even thought of me, bro. Um, it's a super honor and and, cool. and such a important topic to me. It's just like outstanding. So I don't know what what are we gonna do, but I'm pretty sure you you have an outline and and I'll do the best I can to to, to share the little bit I know on this topic. You know the, the my only request from you is just be you. I don't want you to be. Whoever you think I want you to be, or whoever you think uh, you should be, I want you to say what you want to say, not what you think you should say. Um, and if you feel like, if you feel like you should say something, then say that. And like I, I think I should say this, and here, but here's what I want to say. Cool. Um, and what is it called? With I'm just pulling up my notes here. So are you recording so, this? Yeah. So there's gonna be like a like a. I'm going to take the audio and put it like on Apple music and stuff like that. And then, um, the video I'm thinking about putting it up on like YouTube or something. Okay. So I think a lot of people will benefit from hearing your experience. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Is there anything you want me, any way you want me to introduce you, Franklin? Bobby, I mean, whatever you want, bro. I'm good with whatever you want. Don't make a difference. It's not, it's not about me. It's about these people yeah. and whatever we can do to help them. All right. So I'll start. Oh, one thing. I'm going to end it too. But like, that's not going to end you and I. Like, let's, we'll like talk about, like, talk a little right after, and then we'll, I know okay. I got a busy day. So, so guys, thank you so much for joining. Today, I've got Franklin Gardarama, aka Pito. He's uh, one of the, the, one of the pastors at my old church, and he's, uh, he's much more than that. He's a dear friend, a mentor, a brother, and, He's also someone I really look up to, not just as a father, but also as a man. And I wanted to bring him on here because uh, he's, he's got a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience that I know a lot of people will benefit. A, lo a lot of people will benefit from hearing from. So, Vito, tell us. How many kids you got? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, before we dive in, I'm super excited about this opportunity just to share with you on this uh, I love you a lot, and, and the fact that you even thought about me is uh, super touching and honoring, but whatever I can do at any point in time, I'm here for you, and uh, I'm proud of you. Anyways, but yeah, I, I'm a father of three, happily married for 21 years, uh, 
40 year old. Uh, I got children from all spectrums. I got a, about to be a junior in college, uh, about to be a freshman in college. And I got uh, a baseball player at 10 years old. So I'm, I got a little bit of a, a little bit of three different uh, spectrums there. So pretty exciting times in the Gardarama household. <laughs> I love it, man. And well, tell me, what is what, what is one of your happiest memories of being a dad that comes up for you now? Um, I think that it's, it's so funny you said that because I, I think that uh, we recently purchased a home and uh, it's super exciting time in our, in our, and it's been, I guess, our dream. But uh, as I sat at my table three days ago, uh, after a long day of work, and I have my three, kid, my three kids sitting there for the first time with my wife, I guess I'm really in the reflecting moment in my life, and I'm realizing that uh, my time is short with them. So my happiest moment was when, um, when we were on the grind in the journey together, so I guess that you can catch me in the happy medium where I'm reflecting on the past, but I'm also mm-hmm. super excited about the future for them and the future for my wife and I. So um, I think that, that it's so much there, so much to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tell me one. Um, I and think if you that, want, you could tell me one about each of them. Okay. Each one so uh, my oldest son, uh, a great memory about him is uh, baseball. Um, we, uh, I coach his baseball team, uh, a more youth league. Uh, I don't know for you guys who are watching this video or, or listening to this audio, um, baseball in our area is very, very popular. Um, it's, uh, so just the connection between my son and I and me getting to know him and, uh, seeing that baseball was not his thing, that he did it more for me, but that connection that materialized from that, seeing him overcome some of, uh, some of his own challenges because baseball didn't come natural to him, but it built his character and how he viewed sports versus what I view sports uh, was very different. Um, it came natural to my younger child than my older child. So learning his identity and his uh, uniqueness and learning to respect that he wasn't going to be my, my like me in that area was something that made me grow more. So I think that that was Elijah. Elijah is my oldest. Um, learning to, to manage him and guide him differently. My daughter, uh, Yasmin, is learning that she has my personality, but in female form and, and seeing how, how much of a go-getter and, and I, I enjoy our conversations, like, like the way she views life and she's very articulate. Anybody who knows my daughter knows that she's very opinionated, uh, like every young lady is, but she's also very grounded and very very passionate about uh, people. So I think uh, seeing her materialize uh, along the way and, and seeing her uh, develop from a young lady to an opinionated lady to a lady of conviction. And then now where she's going to college and now selectively prioritizing life is exciting. My little guy, he's probably the most like me. Um, he's, uh, he hates school, he'll tell you. <laughs> but he, uh, he loves people. Um, he, 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 he'll, he'll be the first one to hug you. He'll be the first one to, 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 to support you. He'll be the first one to pick up a bag. He serves others. Uh, he, 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 uh, he'll, he'll be by himself and he'll be happy and he'll be with people. He'll be happy. He's always happy. So, um, uh, I think that just, uh, it's so much there, Andres. I think that 
that learning how to manage each one as an individual is probably the most exciting part of my job as a father. I'm saying that I can't just put a wallpaper and they're all not going to look the same. I got to get to know them as individuals and now learn to unpack them and motivate them and love them no matter what their faults and their, and, and their outlooks are different than mine. So. Yeah. I remember a, a coach of mine was, was talking about like uh, his son and he's like, his son was just born. And he was seeing him from the lens of how he saw his other, how, how he saw his firstborn. And it's like, I had to make that, sh- like, it didn't come natural, but he eventually made that shift. I think a few weeks after he was born, like, oh, wow, you are your own person. And I'm loving you for who you are. And there's something that you touched on with, um, with Elijah that I think is very important for, for men, because I, I've seen this, especially with, so like, I have my own background, like with working in baseball companies. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine, Paul Reddick, he has a podcast called Baseball Dads Podcast. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that that he taught that, that he spoke about with men on there is this idea that like I wanted it more than my son did. And my son, the relationship with my son ended up um more times than not, unfortunately, like break like getting strained because mm-hmm. there was that pressure. And the son, like, he hates baseball. And he's like, he's not about it. And I'm curious with your experience with Elijah, like he did this for you. When, when was that spoken about? Like, Hey, like, I don't want you to do this for me anymore. Well, that's a great, great point. And as you talk, it, 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 it's like my spider senses come up. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and I relive the moment, right. That, um, well, I think that uh, it's something that I basically tripped into. I mean, there's no manual on how to be a dad or a husband or, or, or guide these people as individuals. I think as we get older, we realize that the way we succeed better is understanding that they also have an opinion and they, de- they, def- they definitely have their own likes and dislikes like myself. But with Elijah specifically, man, let me tell you something. It didn't come, baseball didn't come natural. To me. Like, but as he, Elijah applied himself. He got so good at it. Like, like, like anybody who sees them knows that he's not a natural athlete, but he'll work his butt off and he'll get better if he applies himself. I mean, and, and, and that's just a characteristic that he's come along the way. And I guess I was superimposing my natural ability and my, and my deficiencies as a child. My dad wasn't, uh, my relation with my father wasn't as, as kosher as I would like it. Um, there was definitely, um, I grew up in, in a toxic home environment. Uh, my dad struggled with alcoholism. I, my, uh, I saw a lot of abuse. I saw, and without even knowing it, it, it I, I didn't grow up in the, in the, what my kids are growing up with now, right? They have a nice home, eat the bed. I didn't get those things. So I only taught what I was, what I got along the way. Like, it was like a handout. Like I saw this and I was good at it. So I wanted him to be great at it. And since my friend's, kids were great at it. I wanted my kid to be the best at it. And without even realizing it, I was putting like an expectation and never even asked for his opinion or did he like it? It was just like, you have to do this. And without even knowing it, you have to look good at it. And without even knowing it, I want you to apply yourself at it. And never was his opinion or his, or his thought pattern part of the equation. And I remember one time, um, literally for the freshman baseball team, again, Elizabeth, New Jersey is very big on state championships, city championships, like the, 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 the county championships. So for you to be on a baseball team in high school is like a mantle, like, like for us, for our crowds, it's amazing. 
And to make a long story short, Elijah actually made the eighth grade baseball team on as a sixth grader. And to be that good and that amazing, like when he got up, he was chubbier than everybody else. He, he would like to hit the ball far because he said, I don't like to run as fast as everybody else. He, so like he had a method in his madness that uh -huh. just used to irk me. Anybody who knows me knows I'm like, ah, like run faster, do more, work harder. And it's just the way I was brought up. Mm -hmm. So like we had to, if we didn't work hard, we wouldn't eat. So um, that's the mentality that I get. I get up at 3.30 in the morning and I'm at work at 4.30, even though my shift is at 6 o'clock. So it's like I've created this expectation of myself that I superimposed on my children without even realizing. And some of them are good and then some of them are also bad. But make a long story short, he made this team. I'm like, he's super excited. And then he goes to practice and the coach is not me anymore. It's he has a different coach with a different mindset, a different expectation. It doesn't look at the age of the kids, a sixth grader on an eighth grade team. He looks at him, he screams at him, he belittles him, he disrespects him. And one thing that in my home is I came from that environment, like I told you. Mm -hmm. So I never spoke down to my children. I was stern. They knew I was the boss. They knew I ran the house, but they also knew I loved them and I had their back. So now all of a sudden he's faced with somebody that's not encouraging him past his limitations and now he comes up to me and it was the first time he says I don't want to do this anymore and to me it hurt my ego mm. and to me it was like if he was letting me down and never again it wasn't part of my equation right like to me it was all about me he was a trophy case in my in my insecurities and mm. without even realizing it I was I, I had an expectation of him that he didn't have for himself it wasn't what he wanted from that age, he wanted to be a lawyer. He wanted to be, he, he wanted to help people. And that was never an expectation in my life. I wanted him to be a, a baseball player. I wanted him to be acknowledged. I wanted him to be popular with everybody else. And uh, I think that, that in sixth grade, when he dropped out of the team and I was faced with the devastation of that he wasn't going to achieve my, my lost dream, it was the beginning of uh, me hardening myself to becoming more of a father than a coach or setting expectations. I had to listen more instead of tell them what to do. The relationship shifted. And I think that my daughter benefited from that. My son, Joshua, benefited from that because I became more of a listener and, and less of a teller. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a power there. There's also something that you mentioned that I just wanted to, to, to say, um, just like what I noticed as a coach, not, not necessarily for you, but for someone listening to this is like, it's funny how you had this great example, like Elijah, he works his heart, he worked his butt off, mm -hmm. his heart off. He's like, he was not a natural player. He worked hard. Mm -hmm. And then there's, there's this thing like his method to his methodology is like, I'm going to hit the ball hard. So I don't have to run fast. And it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. run faster, work harder. And it's like, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, that isn't about Elijah anymore. Mm -hmm. That is about like, oh, we see something and that means something to us. Mm -hmm. So like for those of us who get angry um, and we don't understand why we're so angry with someone, it's like, huh, maybe we're not angry at them for this specific thing. Maybe this action or inaction has reminded us of something that, that's tr triggering something from that, that, that means something to us in the past. So it, it, it's funny because... Uh... 
you say that. And I remember a conversation with my pastor, Jay Ariso, right? And one time he used to tell me when I was in the beginning stages of my development, he was like, you need to dig deeper. You need to dig deeper. And I'm like, what? Like, no, that's like, that's like so like, ah, like, I, like, like, if I just bottle it up and I don't have to worry about it, then I, I, I don't want to show my vulnerability. And I realized that the reason I was so tough on him, on Elijah, he, got, he, he probably was my guinea pig in this whole process. So, but, like, you talk to Elijah 10 years from now, it'll probably be in psychology. You know what I'm saying? Like, a psychologist <laughs> you know, for counseling. Because, like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't figure this out until later on in my thing. But um, the reason I was so hard on him in baseball was because my dad wasn't there for me in baseball. And the one time he went, as I started digging deeper, Andres, was that the one time he went, was the only game I ever struck out two times. And I hit the ball. I was two for two. I was two for four, two doubles into the gap. And I was so happy and so nervous that my dad was there because I wanted to impress him that I struck out. And I struck out twice. And those were the two at-bats that he saw. And and, 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 then, and then he came up and later on, I got a two-run double and I got a two-run double making up for him. And I'm waiting for my father's acknowledgement. And the first thing my dad says to me is, why did you swing at those two balls that were out of the strike zone? And from that moment on, I never wanted him back in one of my games. So I made it a, 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 an expectation to my son that I never want him to strike out. And that alone is just setting the bar way too high. And I made it unenjoyable to him to, 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 to have me as a coach or as, as a life partner or as a supporter or as biggest cheerleader. And I think as it, as it shifted, I realized that I my role has changed. I gotta be their greatest champion. I gotta I, I gotta want Elijah to become the greatest lawyer in the whole wide world because he has to serve others. He has to help people. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 so much there to unpack. So there's it's it is, but it's like we're always unpacking it. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, like I'm in the process of unpacking some stuff with my dad, and I'm like, this is exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yesterday, I was like, yeah, I gotta. Let me play some Halo. <laughs> Let me just take it easy for a little it's bit. It's so much. It's so much it's, weight to it. Yeah. It, it. It's so much. And I was listening, you know, this topic that we're talking about is so much. It's so much than a series. It's, it's more of a lifestyle. It's a like, it's like, it's like 80, 90 years of trying to unpack why we are the way we are, right? But mm-hmm. the weight of it is so beneficial to the next generation. If you want your kids to be great, if you want your great grandchildren to be great, then somebody got to put in the work. Well, not only that, it's also like, look at your kids. Mm -hmm. They have benefited so much from your unpacking in their lifetime. Like, like it just excels. So it's like, how, how deep do we want to go? And when do we want to go? That those are always the, not always that they, they just came up to me. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it's like, those are some, sometimes the things that we think about, because it's like, what is this going to mean? So Mm -hmm. there, there's, there's another question I want to ask is, like, what is it that you had in your relationship with your dad, your mom, or even both of them that you've been creating in your relationship with your kids? What, what is something that you've been kind of mimicking for them? All right. So with my mom, um, I think it's natural for a, a son to gravitate to his mom. And just like it's, it's natural for a daughter to gravitate to the father, right? And as we look at society, uh, we see why children are in the conditions they're in because they're either missing one and most of the homes don't have one or the other, right? Or they probably don't have both or they're raised by their grandparents. But I think that when I look at my mom, one thing that always stood out to me and my mom is that she was always going to have my back. She wasn't going to celebrate my, my, 
my failures and she wasn't going to cover them up. She was going to expose them. She was, re- she was real. You know what I'm saying? Like she was going to be like, this is wrong, but I, but you're my son and we're going to face it together. And I think as you look at my relationship with my children and uh, you'll see that level of loyalty. I got my kids back. Like, and my kids have my back and they have my wife's back and it's us against the world. And our home will stand for biblical principles. We're going to stand with it. We're, we're but we're going to face them all together. These challenges, we're going to rally and we're going to have our, our talks. And, and the truth is that the transparency my mom taught me, I have with my kids. I'm the first one to tell them I messed up. I'm so sorry. And I never had that growing up. Like we hid our, our, our inequities. We, we hid our, 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 our problems. It was our secret. And if you said it, you were a snitch and, 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 and there's too much and nobody needs to know your business. Well, the truth is that if I want my kids to grow, then I have to show them my vulnerability. And I got that from my mom. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and Christ and Christ heightened that, right? Because he showed us his, his vulnerability on the cross. But, but my mom is probably the best example I had of that level of making that tangible. Like, hey, I got your back. You were wrong. There's consequences to your decision. But I'm going to take a bullet for you. And, and, and we're going to write this ship together. Because I made a lot of mistakes along the way that... Um, everybody else abandoned me, but my mom didn't abandon me. Mm-hmm. My dad, um, I, no matter how combustible that situation was, my dad always got up at four o'clock in the morning and he was at to work and he worked three jobs and, 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 and I never went, went hungry. No, my, uh, my friends didn't have their parents at home, but my dad was always going to work and he always walked in. He didn't talk to me. He was old school, Puerto Rican, like, hey, the, the, the young kid stays over there and, and, and we're not going to talk about feelings. But um, but that work ethic, that commitment to providing, being a provider and 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 and, and gutting it out and never calling out sick and and making sure that that the, the home had what the home needed. Those are ingrained in who I am. And matter of fact, that's not anything I do. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to give you 100 percent like. Like if I would tell you, if, if I tell you I'm going to be there and I'm not there, something catastrophic happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I, I, I'm going to come, I'm going to deliver on my word because my word is the most important thing I have as a man next to Christ and my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm coming through. So I think that those attributes come there. And then obviously the, the deficiencies come with that too. But yeah, to answer your questions, is, uh, those are the big attributes I got. What would you say is an upgrade that you're doing with your kids and your relationship with them and how you're raising them? compared to how you grew up? Um, I think the upgrade in in case, um, I think with my dad, um, with my dad's attributes, I think that there has to be a purpose behind everything. There has to be communication. There has to be transparency. Um, There has to also have that, my my dad wouldn't share what he struggled with or the fact that his father, I didn't learn until later on that his father died when he was two months old. You know what I'm saying? My dad never knew his father. I think that uh, what I'm trying to upgrade with them is the fact that, yeah, you work hard, but there has to be a why before you, why you work. Like, um, like, like what's important is, 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 is your faith, your, fa- your wife and, and your children. And then there's work because you know what, at the end of the day, what, what legacy are you leaving? Um, I, I can leave you a whole bunch of money, but I didn't have you or you didn't have me. So what's the cost of all that? So I think it's the perspective and the priorities and, and, and being very clear on why 
the whys and what we're doing. And we're just not going through the motions with my mom. I think it's, 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 and obviously you mentioned earlier that, that I am a, a pastor now in my life. And, and I think that um, that level of loyalty is, is amazing, but it can't be blind loyalty. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it can't, it can't, it can't, there ha- there's consequences and, and, and there's, there's a, there's a, you can't cover everything up. My mom to this day calls me up and says, Hey, uh, look at what happened, but don't tell no one. And I promptly come tell my wife because you know what? I'm not going to have any secrets in my home that are going to let her uh, affect my children. And then my, I let my children know when it partakes to them because the second, nothing good grows in darkness. That's what pastor Jay says. Right. So like I try to keep everything away as, as clear as possible because as if I keep it clear, and there's no there's no blurriness in it. So I think I think we're all learning in those areas. I hope that answered your question again. So. Yeah, and they all answer the question because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they're your answers. And I think there's just such a level of wisdom there because I think there's most of us have probably grown up the same way, where dad either wasn't there or he was distant. Mm-hmm. And you're the fourth man that I've spoken to, at least in this platform of this podcast, where time is the, like, the most important thing with your kids. Mm-hmm. It's not about anything else. Uh, Joey kicked us off of that. Pastor Jay kicked us off of that. Uh, my friend, my other friend, Joey, spoke about that, too. It's like time. Now, I'll say that again here. Um, but like, kids don't spell love, L-O-V-E. They spell it T-I-M-E. Right. And Dude, powerful stuff, man. Yeah, um, and it's, it's so crucial because it's it's what you do with that time, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you can have all the time in the world, but if 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 it's not if you're not listening, um, and, and you're not paying attention, you're on your phone or or you're on the TV. Like, one thing you're never gonna get back is time. And, and, and it's funny because I go back to I'm sorry to jump in there, but I go back to the, the meeting that I had at my dinner table. And my kids are looking at me and everybody's going around talking about, I'm gonna, uh, hey, so tell me a good memory about the old house. And I'm sitting there like, ah, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted I, in my mind. But then I had to reflect for a minute. And I said, they deserve my time and my love as much and as much as my job does, as much as my church does, as much as the people outside of this home. And I only have this amount of time before Elijah leaves and starts his family. Yasmin leaves and starts her family. And Joshua was 10 years away from doing the same, very same thing. So, and then we're left with my wife. And then I don't want to be like, I, I remember sharing this with you a long time ago, Andres, that 50% of, of the, the divorce rates are 50% right now in, in our country. It's 51% in the church. So the church is not any better than the country. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. the same crap, right? But then the worst part of that is that out of the fifty, the forty-nine percent that stay together, right? They were they're, they're going to eventually divorce at twenty years, right? At twenty years, they, they don't last in the twenty-year range. You know why? Because the kids leave the house, and families and, and, and the adult and their their parents are dying, and those are two catastrophic shifts in the family. And the wife and the husband, they don't even know each other by that time. The kids are gone, and what you do is you're left in, left with somebody you have, you can't identify. with. So there's so much going on there. My, um, I remember a long time. This was probably 2000. This was the summer of 2012. I was in Tampa, Florida. And my friend, he was telling me like, yeah, like he was speaking to, speaking about his girlfriend at the time. Now they're married. But he's like, I remember having a, I don't know how this conversation started. But he was like, look, if like she was on the, if she was in the table, 
or not the table, but if she was in the room where she's about to give birth and the doctor said, like, it's your life or the baby's life, he said, I would choose your life every time because we can always have another baby. Mm-hmm. And it's that, and that always stood, like, stuck with me. And when Maria and I got married this past July and Pastor Jay, he, he married us and, like, we were doing, we were meeting with him and, and his wife couple of weeks before that and he was talking about like who are you guys and he's mentioned this several times in service he's like who are you guys going to be when the kids aren't around mm-hmm. that is your best friend mm-hmm. cultivate that relationship because once the kids are gone what's the reason for you guys to stay and, and, and that's something that resonates in my home like I think that one thing mm-hmm. my children will tell you is that they know and you've, you've witnessed it yourself and Maria that they know that I tell them all the time, the greatest thing after Christ that I gave you is loving your mother. Like me loving your mother and you see the stability and the unity there. One day you're going to have your spouse and it's very easy to walk out, but it's, it, 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 the easiest choice is to walk out. But the, 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 the toughest choice is to maintain your covenant and your word and gutting it through. So the greatest thing I give my kids after Christ is loving their mom. And I, I'm going to choose that all the time. When my son comes like three weeks ago and he steps on my, my, my wife and, and he says, no. And I say, whoa, pump the brakes. You're not talking to my wife like that. I don't say you're not talking to my, your mother like that. I say you're not talking to my wife. She was my wife before she was your mother. I love I was about to mention that. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Uh, I even tell that to Maria, like when she's like, oh, I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, don't talk about my wife like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that's such a powerful thing because it's one thing that's just, it's like, you know, my relationship with God is like, God, he chooses me. It's mm. already there. Mm. So it's now it's me to choose him. With mm. kids, like, the love there is by default. Mm-hmm. And, like, their love to you is the default. That's why, like, you see a lot of people, they get married or they have kids because, like, I want that love. And it's like that love that they're wanting to get from their kids. It, it, they're trying to fill something else. But that love that you have with your spouse, with your with your significant other, like those two are completely by choice. Mm-hmm. I choose you for who you are, and I ho- I want you to choose me for who you are. There's mm-hmm. no, there's so much risk. There's so much. It, it's such a delicate thing, but it's such a thing that you foster and you get stronger. And like that, it just made the more that I contemplate on this and just the, the conversations I have with you and other men is like, like yeah. That's why that relationship next to God is, is the most powerful one. Cause that's the one that we choose, but not only do we choose someone else is choosing it because mm-hmm. it's, it's not guaranteed love from both. And, and, and it's not the easiest no. because, 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 because I'm pretty sure you're, you're newlywed and you're going through your emotions. Like, like, dude, like she's coming with her own ideas, with her own uh, 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 hurts and her own strengths from her family and what she's seen. And you're coming with your baggage and both baggages are sitting and you're putting it on top of the table and saying, take my garbage. And your job is to filter through that garbage and give your kids the best cleanest bag possible, but you're still handing over garbage. So, so it's like, <laughs> how can I give you a lesser garbage than the garbage I got? Because you're always going to be handing something, but you got to choose what you hand over. And, and you got to train them up. I was listening to a verse recently. It says, and it's Proverbs 22, 6. And it says, train up your child's in the way of the Lord. And when they get older, they will never forget it. 
And I'm seeing it move before my very eyes. I'm 40 years old and I'm seeing my 20 year old son making choices that I'm proud of because he was taught that younger. And, and, and he doesn't even realize it's ingrained in who he is. And he's made some buffoon decisions. And I'm like this, like, ah, that was his mother's fault. I'm just joking. No, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's like, man, I could see that bad decision based going back to my old bad decision. And I never taught him how to overcome that decision. I'm only going to have, I'm going to have to talk to him now about making that bad decision and why it was my fault, not teaching him that. So um, it's different, man. It, it, but I'm going to tell you, for you guys who are listening to this, uh, how you treat your spouse and your significant other is going to directly impact the way your child is going to treat their spouses and how they view you. So, and, and it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I think it's also how they view themselves. Yes, absolutely. How they, like, this is how I remember someone said with regard to their dad, like, I'm very grateful that my dad wasn't around because if he was, I would have probably grown up similar to him. And, and like, I reflect that on myself and I'm like, wow, like, like my dad's a very caring guy. I love him. And he's like, there's so much good that I got from him. But I definitely like these old school ways, like, like there's like man does this, a woman does this. And I'm like, I wonder if I would have believed and treated people in that way or had those beliefs if, if I grew up with him. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a double edged sword. Right. That's that, yeah. oh, that. That's a major. That, oh, yeah. That's a major. That's a major one. Right. Because my my favorite movie of all time is The Lion King. Like to me is like love it like not 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 the one that just came out recently it's just the lion king mm-hmm. and i didn't understand that at 10 years old why that was the first movie i ever seen and then it became ingrained in who i was right and i and, and i saw the connection between mufasa and simba and i saw mufasa teaching simba all the do's and don'ts don't go into the dark lands because that's where this goes and 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 then what happened to simba as soon as mufasa died he lost his identity so so like he forgot he was mm-hmm. the king. He forgot yeah. he was the king. He literally went and went adrift and be and, and settled through life. I think the reason now that I look at in, in the view of God and, and as a father and as a husband, I realized something. Like my number one deal is I gotta make sure I give identity to my children. So yes, do you not do, would I have preferred my dad not teach me about alcoholism or abuse? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I rather I, I think that that was a challenge. But then the other side of it is, if he wasn't around, I see most of these guys in jail. Fifty percent of the people who are in jail right now are because they never had a connection with their with their spouse with their with their fathers. So then, which one, would I rather be in jail or rather deal with the challenges that I'm dealing with now? I think it's 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 like it, the grass is always looks greener on the other side, but the grass is really greener where you water it, right? So like. I got to start, this is the grass and land I got now. I got to start building it and I got to build something great and I got to hand it to my children better than I got it. Like, like uh, I, I want that. And, my, and if I'm going to do anything is I'm going to be available to my children and I'm going to show them a, th- their value, their self-worth, and I'm going to impose the identity. Hey, listen, this is who I was. This is my challenges. These are my deficiencies. Yeah, I'm nuts. Yeah, I might be go crazy, but this is the reason why I'm the way I am. And and this is the consequences that I had to make because of the baddest choices that I made along the way. You are now benefiting from a little bit of a better situation 
But I just forget all the mistakes that I could have set myself back if I didn't put Christ in his place, if I didn't hold on to your mother, and if I didn't if I didn't surround myself with good men like uh, Papa Jay. Like I surrounded myself with people that were good examples as husbands and, and, and as fathers. And little by little, they imposed the lack of identity that I had for my father with their strong identities and it little it molded me into a better stability of who i am now to, today mm. and it's like i would even invite you to like change some of the language we're like giving them an identity to them creating an identity because mm-hmm. you definitely you, you you said that with elijah like i had to help him cultivate listen more and see what he wanted mm-hmm. and like that to me like first thing when you saw like as soon as you mentioned lion king is like oh man like yeah you are like mufasa mm-hmm. um in the sense like with that relationship but it's like, huh, I wonder how many of us men feel like we lost our identity oh, and never created one because Yo, either dude, dad wasn't like, there or dad this is This is like, a, like, I get excited. Listen, so, so what was the first thing Mufasa said to, to, to Simba when, 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 he, when, when he was in the cloud? He says, you have forgotten me. Mm. And, and because you've forgotten me, you've forgotten who you are. Little by little, I am training up my child, my son, my daughter to know their self-worth. And if I come and I tell them, you're stupid, you're a moron, you're never going to amount to something. Well, what's going to happen? The next day they don't wake up for work. They're going to be like, I'm stupid. I'm a moron. I'm never going to amount to nothing. But if I come and tell them, sweetheart, yo, don't settle. Persevere. You might not need a man to be who you are, but you do need a man to become who God wants you to be. So because the world is telling her she's He's amazing without a man. I'm telling her you're incomplete without Christ. So we need a man. And then you need to honor Christ by Mm -hmm. finding a man and partnering in. But you need to be a hundred. The world says it's 50-50. I say no. I say it's a hundred, a hundred. You got to give a hundred percent of yourself to whoever you attach yourself to. So I think it's like, you're right. I think the wording is different, but like, I got to. I got to be available to be able to let them see like Mufasa did with the water. It's like, yo, dude, like Simba, you've forgotten me. And because you've forgotten me, you've forgotten who you are and your capabilities and your potential. So there's most of these men listening to this right now who lost their potential because their father wasn't there or the lack of relationship they had with their father. And the more you dig in there, the more you're going to start realizing, you know what? For me to be a better man, to, a better father to my children, I need to be able to identify with who my father was. Because let me tell you something. It wasn't a mistake that your father is who your father is. Because mm-hmm. God chose them for a reason. Yeah. No matter what their defaults, he had you in mind when, when he chose your father, Andres. He had, my, he had me in mind when he chose my father or my mother. He said, these two people together are going to make the best version of Pito in the world. These two people together are going to make the best version of Andres in the world. That means he, he made them get together for you. Just like he made your children, you get together with Maria for your children. And he knew that you all know each other. So it's so much, that it's so much than just an hour to talk about this subject. It's such a great subject. 100% man. And I wanted to, with your permission, go here. You let me know if you want to or not. And so around this time last year, you were, you were pretty sick and you reflected that with uh, the new house and you were talking about like, Hey, like I have this new house and it's incredible what we created in last year. I was, I was sick. Like through your words, like 
you, you can quickly summarize like what, what it was that you were experiencing, right. but at the same time, what is it that, what did that mean to you? Well, um, yeah, with, with you, you know, I'm an open book, bro. So like you, you can ask me any question you want. I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be the most graphic person. Like, I don't care. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it's all for God's glory. Like it doesn't make a difference anyways. But yeah, last September out of nowhere, um, out of nowhere, I got really, really sick. Like to the point that I lost like 20 pounds. Um, uh, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. Uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't hold myself. Like literally I, I was uh, the doctors thought that I was in my last uh, hurrah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was the chapter of the book that you better get the will ready because this guy's about to croak. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was so bad that the doctors, just to give you an idea, the doctors wouldn't even enter the room. And it wasn't even COVID. They couldn't identify what the heck it was. It's just a sickness that came out of nowhere. Uh, later on, we found out what the root cause was, which was uh, um, I got an infection from a tooth and it went into my bloodstream. And for you guys who don't know, uh, usually that ends in uh, in uh, in death because uh, your your, bl your blood is poisoned. But then making a long story short, I remember sitting in my in, in the hospital. Uh, I hate hospitals, but uh, I was sitting in the hospital and um, and nobody came into the room for two days. Uh, I couldn't stand. I was literally sorry to be graphic, urinating on myself. Anybody who knows uh, anybody who knows me knows I take like three four showers a day. I can't stand my hands getting dirty. So here I am feeling worthless. Uh, feeling uh, abandoned from God, from everyone. Like, uh, like, no matter how much people pray, like when you're facing something like that and you're faced, uh, faced with uh, your creator and you, you're going to question things and you know that you left things incomplete. Um, I was able to sit in that bed and the first thing I thought about was like, oh my God, I didn't prepare Karina, my wife. She doesn't know any of the bank account information. She doesn't know my life insurance. She doesn't know where to pay a bill. I left her unprepared. Oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to walk my daughter down the aisle. Oh my God, uh, uh, God, where are you with my son? Like the colleges are not paid for. Um, like the like like I didn't even give her a plan. I I I was faced with the reality, of how short time was, and how much I've left incomplete. And I felt so ashamed that I had left things incomplete. And when, and I plan, and anybody who knows me knows I plan everything. Like literally I plan when I wake up, I plan where I'm going, I plan what time I'm going to meet with you. Like you, like you, this thing started at 10 o'clock. I was already out here at 9.15 with the thing ready because I wanted to be prepared for your audience and for, and for you, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. But you can't plan for death. You can't plan for sickness. You can't plan for, for things. You're like, that's only God. God's only in control of that stuff. So uh, to answer your question, um, I, I, I felt like a failure and, um, and I felt like uh, I left things like uh, to be continued. And uh, one thing that stays vividly in this moment was how much my wife took care of me, right? It's like anybody who knows my wife, she's uh, yay big. She's four foot 11. She'll tell you she's four foot 11 and a half. And, uh, but she's, a, she's the toughest person I know. Uh, she carried me from bath when, when when I was recouping. She carried me to the bathroom, literally carried me. Um, sorry, uh, my kids. Uh, my kids had my back. Um, they had my front. They had my sides. And you and you see the benefit of this whole thing is that you saw what you cultivated in front of you, and you saw the the troops rally. You know what I'm saying, and, and you saw well wishers, but 
just seeing my, my, my intimate family come together and, and support me when I was uh, not looking too good was, uh, was eye popping. So. Knowing that it's been about a, a little over a year now, what has, the, what has changed for you with regard to how you see the time that you have? Oh, forget about it. Um, anybody who knew me before that knows that I would talk about eternity all the time, right? Like, hey, listen, eternity is not promised. Uh, like, hey, guys, tomorrow tomorrow is not promised. And it's a cliche because we say it, right? And so there's an actual death, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I remember seeing a funeral. Um, I, I attended a funeral after I got sick. And I'm sitting there and I'm visible and all I could imagine was how quick, how close that became to me, how, 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 like you view everything through the lenses of death, right? But um, you also have to superimpose something else and that's life, right? I value life more than I ever valued it in my life. Every conversation, every talk is a coaching point for me, for me not for others, for me. Am I, did I leave things better than I left them yesterday? Did I, did, did I, how do I measure success? How, how do I know that things are well? Like people look at the new house and like, oh my God, like you made it. I'm like, you have no idea. There's still promises that need to be accomplished. I, I, I still got a, a baton to pass. I, like the sense of, there's a higher sense of urgency. I hope you understand. Like, like I'm like, I, I remember September 13, 2020, uh, 2020, like it was yesterday. I remember it because it, it imprinted something on my heart that I, I, I that I'm expiring every day, and that I gotta leave things better than I found them, and that there is an expiration date, and I want and, and the clock is, of life is turning, and it's 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 just I'm not visible and I'm not a privy to that day, but I gotta be prepared for that because I'm gonna have to give judgment for what I did or I didn't do. So, is there something? And thank you for going here. I know it's um, it's a testament to not only your strength, but also how much you care. Um, with regard to being a dad, what has what changed for you after that experience? And a year later, what ha what is what has stayed? Um, the weight of everything that I say and I do. I think that uh, that. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to my conversations now, my daughter's working and every time I drive her to work, I, I want to listen to her tell me how her day goes. Before I, did, I, didn't, I didn't value that, but I almost lost that. When my son tells me he got good grades and like I celebrate good grades as much as I celebrate a home run now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, uh, I, when my little guy, uh, when, when he tells me, Pops, I need this or I, oh, I want to become a builder like you or, or, or I want to I wanna fix houses, I look at that and I'm saying, wow, they're each taking a piece of who I am. And, um, and they're, they're, Andres, if you're going to get anything from this conversation, guys, if you're going to get anything from this conversation, whoever's listening, like, like there has to be a purpose. And, and, and I, I, I wrote down five things that father means to me. You know what I'm saying real quick. And, and, mm -hmm. and the first yeah. is that he's a provider. The, the, the next thing is that he's a foundation. The next thing, and there's more things to that. He's protective and then he's a promoter and he, and he gives identity, right? And the reason I, I said that is like, I, I looked at each one of those components as what I've learned over this past year and I've heightened that. And I'm saying, okay, providing is more than money. 
I'm providing my time. I'm providing my love. I'm, I'm, I'm providing a covering. I, I cover their, their, their wounds. I, uh, my, my, my daughter, before she would fall off a, 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 a bike and I would fix her boo-boos. But now she's, she, she gets discouraged at school because somebody says something to her and I still fix her boo-boos. You know what I'm so like, so like um, I, I'm providing counsel. I'm providing wisdom. So like, like we look at money as the only thing, but that's just not the, like the, the, providing is much more than that. I, I'm a foundation. Uh, a foundation stabilizes like 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 we like like everybody says uh, uh, i'm the man and you have to do what i said no no no. i'm the foundation and you have to pour everything on top of me you know what i'm saying like like i'm holding the house together you know what i'm saying like 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 oh, oh, when the whole thing is tilting we got to right the ship we, we we don't get the privilege of venting to many people you know what i'm saying like guys take the weight of everything that's in the house. And sometimes we don't even want to talk because we, we take the weight of our daughters, we take the weight of our fathers, we take the weight of our mothers, we take the weight of our wives. And that, and, and our job is to stabilize it with a foundation, uh, protect them. Uh, uh, you protect them from things you see, things you don't see spiritually. You, you got to protect them from, from, from words, from the from TV, from, from radio, what from the, what their friends' ideas of what a man and a woman is. Um, from other identities and other expectations, like you, you protect them from that, and and you promote them. I, I, I'm, I'm my son's and my daughter's biggest cheerleader. My wife and I are the biggest champions. I, I want Elijah to be a lawyer. I want Yasmin to be a business owner. I want Joshua to be the best builder, but not for themselves, but for others. They gotta remember they got they gotta serve others. They gotta make other people didn't have two fathers and two parents in their homes. Their friends, they, they were, my daughter recently came up and and I'm sorry to be taking so much time, but no. my daughter came up and she said, uh, she said, Pops, I was just talking to one of my friends and and uh, some of my friends and 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 they told me this situation. They told me that situation. They told me this and they told me the, the relationship with their spouse and, and their living conditions. And I'm like, and I said, how do you feel about that? And she's like, I'm very fortunate. I want to ask the extra question because before I would be like, OK, whatever. You know what I'm saying, like, uh, well, see, see how lucky you are. No, now I ask the question is, all right, so, so what are you thinking behind that, pops? You know what? I'm very fortunate to have you and mom there. Uh, Elijah comes up to me and says, pops, I'm really fortunate to have you and mom help me out with my college because you know what? Other kids are not able; they have to work two jobs to pay for their college. Mm-hmm. So I think that those things are happening. Obviously, we talked about identity with Mufasa. Love Mufasa. So, yeah. Dude, that is, I, I love those principles, and I love how you clarified providing. Cause I didn't, I was like, I was like, Oh wait, what about time? And then dude, that, that is redefining that. Um, tell me what is, uh, do you, do you have, like, do you have to end at 11? No, man. I mean, uh, you, okay, you got then. me. I mean, Perfect. don't worry about it. those people can wait, bro. Like, 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 uh, this is more. <laughs> there, Cause there's some more questions. I want to respect your time too. No, the, um, what is your proudest moment as a dad? What happened? What is your proudest moment as a dad? Um, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's come yet, bro. Um, like, like, to be honest so with far. you, I think. Huh? So, so far? far? That's a good question. My proudest moment right now is seeing them, seeing Elijah and Yasmin uh, become great adults, um, great human beings. Uh, I really do believe it. I see, I see Elijah. He's definitely more preserved than I am. He's a thinker. He's a processor. And, and seeing him own that, and then at the same time, get up at six o'clock and go to work. And then right after that, go to school and then come home and, and, and then do it all over again. He's a responsible, he's a youth leader in his, in his group. And it's not because of me, because I never told him he had to be a youth leader. Like, I'll be honest with you, um, 
I, I try to raise my kids to be, uh, I don't want my kids to be solely uh, imprisoned in a church. I want them to be uh, God's hands and feet outside the church. So how does that, I, I want them to be function, functional humans. You know what I'm saying? Like God said heaven on earth. That doesn't mean we have to isolate ourselves. And some Christians take that to, I'm going to shelter my kids. So seeing my my young people, my, 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 my children um, be able to embrace life, and function within it has been of a great my, my greatest reward up to this point as a parent. Uh, seeing Yasmin choose her college and say, "Hey, uh, I got responsibilities here at home," and and she got a full ride, and and us cry, um, cry for her to get offered a full ride, and see her her hard work and her determination, and I guess you want to say she's like me when it comes to her like persistence, mm-hmm. um, pay off, and, and and me being able to now cry and. And celebrate with her the her greatest thing. I think that it's ever happening. I think it's fluent. I think I'm in a good place, man. Um, I'm, uh, usually, when at my age, you you want your kids to leave. No, I, I want them to be great humans. I want them to go be think about people. I want them. Uh, I see the characteristics of, of of our faith being practiced through them. I think my the greatest miracle that I'm getting right now from God is not fire from heaven or or things happening to me. I, I'm seeing them put their standards and their expectations here. And not settle for anything less than that, and then strive for the best. You know what I'm saying? I see that. What What would you say is your biggest regret as a dad? Oh, going back to time. I think when I was younger, I see all the pictures that we look back at, and I see myself in 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 Best Buy. I'm a store manager at Floor and Decor now. And uh, but I see my early stages in retail and and I see all the pictures of birthday parties with shirts from work. And and I think I tripped into this too late, uh, not too late because you can fix it. But later on, I guess that's the prior way. And, and, and I think my biggest regret is that that I didn't I wasn't growing. I, I didn't give myself enough time to grow as a human being and deal and dig fast enough to be able to be the resource that I am right now. Um, I think I look at those, those, those pictures and they remind me of a different person. Um, because I was so proud of who I was. Mm-hmm. I thought I was being soft by digging deep. And, and, and when I talk about Pastor Jay, he's telling me, oh, you, you got to start digging. And to me, it was a battle of my culture and a battle of, uh, 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 my upbringing versus uh, I thought a man was like, you're not supposed to show you're vulnerable and you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that and suck it up and move on. And, and while I still use some of those terminologies, hey, you're, this one you have to suck up and you have to move forward. I sucked up so much that I, I, I was I was unapproachable to my family. And I thought providing was me bringing a check every every Friday and paying the bills. Well, now we realize that it's time, counsel, wisdom, friendship advice, good, good, uh, uh, Christ, you know I'm saying like, uh, it's much more, I, I didn't unpack fast enough. That's the question. And now I'm catching up. You know I'm saying, and now I'm just sharing everybody. I'm vulnerable here. I'm vulnerable there. I'm, vulnerable. I'm not scared of your judgmental because I've already, I got my backup in my wife. I got my backup in my, in my family and, and they allow me to be vulnerable. So whatever others opinions are of me are irrelevant to how I feel about myself. I wonder how un- unapproachable we display ourselves to be when we hold on to these things or when we don't process these things or when we let these things out on like they leak because they're, they're, they're just pent up so much and they just leak out and they burst like this week. Um, I've been 
going through my own anger stuff with, with my relationship with my dad. And it's like, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Tuesday, I kind of blew up on my wife. Like mm-hmm. we were doing some volunteer stuff and I just like, I did not show up powerfully mm-hmm. there. And, mm-hmm. and then on Wednesday I showed, I say a similar thing with another friend. And I was like, Oh man, like, and I'm seeing the anger, mm-hmm. but now here it is coming into different ways. I, I wonder how unapproachable we can come across unknowingly. Cause probably for you at that time, like I'm not, un- people nah, I'm just being me to me is me. Like yeah. to me, I didn't share my feelings to me, to me. I'm, I'm just living life. And, and I, and, and you know what big boys put their pants on. Well, the truth is that, you know what? I had to deal with the fact that I would see my dad beating the hell out of my mom every Friday. And I was scared of Fridays because Friday was the beginning of the drinking. I had to rectify that within myself. Matter of fact, I never looked forward to a Friday, even as an adult, because I was I was a scared little boy at one point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and me hiding in the closet. If you don't deal with those things, and if, let me tell you something else. If you don't share them with your spouse, you're not going to grow. Because you need somebody who's going to champion your development. And nobody's going to champion your development more than the person who, who, who loves you during your fault and chose you. So... Like, like, I, I think that the more I told Karina, right? Well, what, what, Karina, my daughter used to ask me, "Hey, can I go sleep over?" And I'm sorry, I'm gonna take it there, but let's. No. My wife, my, my, my daughter, my daughter was telling me, "Hey, can I sleep over my friend's house?" And and I would tell them, "No, absolutely not." And my daughter, my wife would be like, "Oh, I, I get it that you don't want her to sleep over only family's house. No, not even family house." Well, you know what, Andres? The truth is that I realize now, the reason I always think that because my uncle used to touch me. So, so I never wanted to face that because I didn't want to deal with the, with the ramifications of what people thought about this kind of stuff. So, so now that I'm, I'm a man's man, how, how the reason I am, the reason that stained me so much and I don't trust as much is because something happens. But if I let it go and I'm able to now, to now grow and now I got somebody else in my daughter that understands why, that they're, why I made the decisions I made. And now they're they're more receptive because I've let them in. You gotta let more people in. And the more you let people in that love you and protect you and guide you, they're gonna protect you from yourself. They're gonna know your triggers. My wife knows, hey, listen, somebody says this, people are gonna snap. Because I'm a natural protector. So if anybody says anything to Andres, I'm sorry. This might not be the most pastor thing in the whole wide world. The person who's gonna say something is me. Because that's just the way I am. That's the way I was brought up. I protect those who I love. But there's always a trigger. And if you don't if you don't include people in your triggers, then you don't have a defense. You're always going to be on offense. You need to be on defense because you know what? Every time having your hands up with everybody, you're keeping people at a distance. And that's God made us to be a part of a body. And, and if people and if you don't tell people your deficiencies who are on your right, who you can trust, you don't tell everybody your deficiencies, people who are going to give you the right counsels, right? So if I don't tell Andres, hey, Andres, Anytime somebody says this to me, it, it triggers me, then I just can't protect me. And I learned that along the way that I was very guarded in the beginning of, of, of my marriage. Probably the best first 10 years were tumultuous because I didn't share the fact that I was touched. I didn't share the fact that my dad was, was abusive. I didn't share um, the fact that my mom uh, 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 would speak down to me occasionally. I didn't share, I didn't share that I couldn't read. 
properly and that I was insecure. Um, I, I didn't, and the more I started becoming that, the more I saw compassion within my people, within the people surrounding me. Thank you for, for, for pointing those things out. Cause I think there's I, like, to me, you can't just pinpoint one thing made this happen or one thing said this thing. Like to me, it's like, if I were to put myself back into the shoes of five-year-old me, like there are things that I did not talk about because I, I didn't know how to deal with it, mm-hmm. but they're all, I'm curious too, if maybe some of those things that I, I didn't talk about was because I was taught like, yeah, you don't talk like, like not, maybe not taught. I saw the people who I, who I look to for like, you're like, you tell me what life is supposed to be like, what I'm supposed to do in life. And this is how they showed up. So like, it's almost like twofold. Like, all right, like maybe some of it is like, Hey, I saw my, my mom deal with it this way. Mm-hmm. Or I saw my, my grandpa, my grandparents deal with it this way. Or I just don't know how to go there and I don't want to go there. So I don't go there. And I think that's so, to me, the reason I say that is like, I wonder how many things are like kids are telling us. And it's uh, like, it's almost like developing that other language, how to read in between the lines. Yeah, what it, are you really telling me? It's crazy because you, the, the more you keep secret, the, the less you grow, right? Like, 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 I, I think I started, I started sprouting more, I, I started sprouting bigger roots in my faith. And in my family, and in my and my convictions, and in my non-negotiables, the more I started letting go and saying, "Hey, listen, you know what? And you know what? It also brings people." I remember one time, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. I I, I had a pastor come to me and say, "A pastor," he said, "Frank, Peter, you share too much." And I'm and 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 it just staggered me because because you only because they're a leader or the pastor doesn't mean they they they. they they, they have the best advice in the whole wide world. To me, that was just like, so you want me to go back in a cave? Like, no, like, I'm not going back in a cave. I'm releasing everything because I'm new in Christ Jesus. So like, like and, and, if, and, if, and if this offends you about what I did, like, like, I remember my first preaching ever, and this is the truth, uh, my first preaching ever in church, I told everybody in the whole church that I was in his altar, that I cheated on my wife early in my marriage. And seeing people's faces, were like, what the heck just happened here? And the reason I did that was because that's not who I am anymore. And you have to decide within yourself if you're going to hide that. And it's not. And, and if you hide it, that means you haven't healed from that. And 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 and, 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 I, and if I'm healed from that, then the person has to decide what they're going to do with that information. They can either judge me or they can love me. But the truth is that either one of them doesn't affect who I am. In, the, in God's eyes. And if I've already rectified it with my spouse that I confess that I did this wrong and if she accepts me, an opinion is like a bubble. Everyone has one, dude. And you have to decide within yourselves whose opinion has the most weight. And if I tell my kids, I remember my son telling me one time, Elijah, after a baseball game, he said, Papi, you're the greatest in the whole wide world. Like, you're amazing. Everybody loves you. And you know what I told him? I cheated on your mom. Just like that. He never dared it. He was eight years old. And seeing his face drop, everybody was like, why did you do that? So you, you messed up that kid. Did I really mess him up? Or did I, what was the follow-up station? I told them, the only one that will never let you know is God. Is God because I fail every day. It's just a high mind's better. Ask my son what he told me about a, a month ago. He said, thank you for being who you are. Because I'm not, my, 
Like at the end of the day, Elijah knows what you see is what you get. I, I don't got this all figured out. We don't have a manual on how to be a good dad. There's not seven steps. I gave you five points and not, and you're not, and you'll be working on every one of those points every single day. Like I, I, I might execute on being a provider today, but I might not be a good foundation tomorrow. I might not be a good protector the day after. Like, like this is ever fluent. Like we don't got this junk figured out. Uh, uh, but what I will tell you is the more you bring to the light, the more you got people rally behind you, the more you're able to face life better. And if you try to do it by yourself, you're not going to, you're going to be miserable because life wasn't designed for us to be by ourselves. And when people told you, Andres, and told me that we had to shut up, they have an unrealistic expectation for a young child to have to deal with the emotions that we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, they dealt it that, that survived for them. But let's look at those people right now. They're not doing too well for themselves because they haven't unpacked. The more you unpack, the more you release. We, we've seen enough of this to know. This, this, look at the con- look, look at the results. Mm-hmm. These are the it's results exciting. that are producing this way. Yeah. And what you hide, you haven't healed. I think that, dude, that speaks volumes. And it's like that. Like, did you ever watch that movie, Coach Carter? Absolutely. You remember when when the. Um, I know the actor's name, Rick Gonzalez, but he had like, I think he had an Afro in the movie. He's like this Puerto Rican guy. He stood up and he recited this poem from Nelson Mandela, which was actually, he recited this story from Nelson Mandela, but it's a poem that Nelson Mandela recited too. But in there, it says like, like pretty much step into who you are because you give other people permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. But not only that, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you hide and you show people that this is, how you do things and, and you, even for a kid like this is what we do you're now setting the standard like this is what we do you give them permission to hide mm-hmm. and we've seen we see what it's like to hide and that, that's our default thing and i think it's powerful that that you brought that up oh man dude that that is outstanding i'm curious what what is some advice that you have for the dad who's kind of in that spot too, where he's, he's probably hiding stuff. What would you want to tell him? Um, you won't, you won't develop trust if you're not vulnerable. Um, your kids will not, your, your kids will begun to, your kids will hide from you secrets, uh, things they're not proud of. If you're not the first one to take the first step. If you're not the one saying, I did this, this is the way. Now I've learned, Andres, that I got to I gotta tell my kids the why. I got to tell my wife the why. Like, my wife is more connected to me and my kids are more connected to me when they see I'm more vulnerable. I'm telling you, it's true. Like, like right now, this past week has been hell at work. Like, hell. Like, like hell. Like, it's been the worst. And I coach myself on my way home. My kids need my, my best. My wife needs my best. I got to help myself. But the truth is that you don't feel like it. You want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Today, I got up early because I'm naturally getting early. And before I got here and we went and I told my wife, I said, this is going on at work. This is going on at work. And I saw little by little, like her anger or her, I didn't go to some party yesterday because she wanted me to go. Because I, I just want to be alone. And she didn't understand that. To her, is I'm not being with her or I'm not representing her. But to this morning, I articulated why I wanted to be alone. And I saw her now protect me and cover me. 
and, and have more compassion and love. I think that you have to be willing to be judged to be a father. And this is what I'm saying. Like, if you come and you extend the olive branch to your children and to your wife, and you say, this is the reason I am the way I am, your, your, your spouse and your wife, if you cultivate it right, they're naturally going to protect you. They're going to naturally protect you. And then that, what's going to happen is now you gave them a vote of confidence. And it's like a get out of jail free card. Next time they're going to come and they're going to say, hey, pops, look at what I did. And this is what happens. Now, your reaction could be like, you did this wrong. You and then what the, you're going to reap the, benefit, the, 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 the consequences of that. Or you can come and say, damn, bro, that jumps. Like, you, did you, do you realize what the consequences of that is? Yeah, absolutely, pops. All right, let's talk through it. And now all of a sudden, they become more and more bold. And now it becomes a competition of who's going to be the most transparent person and who's going to be the most the, the, the most visible or who's going to be the most. And then the second you reject the transparency, now you go back into hiding. And now you, you got silos in your own house. You got dungeons. You got rooms. And, 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 and now the kid, what he does behind closed doors, you're trying to get him out of the room, but you haven't cultivated a place where they have a safe haven in your, and talking to their father and their mother. If you want a safe haven, you take them out the room by sheltering them outside of their room. You have to be their safe haven. And it starts with you. And if you're not vulnerable, they won't be vulnerable with you. So if 100% is being vulnerable and having that standard and someone is so used to being maybe at a 2%, what would you, what was, what is something that you would tell them to go from 2% to maybe 5%? Um, First of all, I, I'm like, I'll go back to my faith, right? I think that, uh, that if you have a daily relationship with Christ, right? And I'll just take it there for a minute. Or you have a daily relationship with your creator. Your creator challenges you to be vulnerable with him. Because he was vulnerable with us, right? What I will tell you is trip away bit by piece. Bit. Share with them the little bit that 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 that. That, that you've that you've learned and you and you come and you now incorporate that in your conversations. Hey guys, what do you think about this? Hey man, but this is what I think about it. You gotta start the communication. You gotta start the dialogue. It's like training. You know what I'm saying? It's like anything at work. It's like orientation. Like you got, I don't expect you to now come in and tell them, hey guys, I'm an adulterer to your wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not gonna go down well. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's not gonna happen. Or oh listen, I sold drugs and this. No, it didn't. But if you start now having Hey, let's have strategic sit-downs where, hey, listen, let's just have dinner together. Something amazing happens when you just make time. Hey, guys, why don't we go and let's go hang out to dinner with nobody else, no friends, no cousins, no, no moms, no dads, just us. And when you start that and you start the dialogue, then you start seeing that God now can now dig deep into you and you'll start letting stuff go. Now, there's different people here. There might be people who have kids that are 20 years old, 30 years old, and you might have already created the damage. Or you might think you've already started the distance. Start by apologizing. Start, start by admitting your faults. And no matter what happens with that conversation, but you also got to be prepared for the backlash and the onslaught. You got to take it like Christ took it on the, on the cross. He put all the burdens. Because that's what we are. We're the foundation. I, I, I don't always leave every conversation with my kids and my wife feeling good about myself. <laughs> I don't like, I don't get fuzzy feelings inside. Because, but that's who I am. I'm a man. I got to take it on. I got to confront it. I got to move forward. 
I gotta persevere. I gotta vent to Andres. I gotta vent to my to, to, to my father-in-law. I gotta vent to my pastor. I, I I gotta have a safe haven where I could be myself. So to answer your question, you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna go from two to hundred today or tomorrow. But you gotta be willing to take a step in the right direction because what you're where you're at right now has gotten to you to the point where you feel the way you feel. So not not taking a step is not an option. You gotta take a, you gotta take a step in the right direction. And how you do that and finding your own self-worth is like in this case, I got this, right? It shows me my self-worth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I take an insight. I, I make sure I'm filled up. So when somebody else comes and tries to devalue me, I've already have a perspective of who, how much I'm worth and I'm a new creation. So really opinions become less and less. So I will start by start investing your time. Start right now at whatever stage, individually. Take your daughter out. Take your son out. Ha, ha, go, go, take, take, take them to Home Depot with you and tell them, hey, he, he likes tools, give him his own tool set. You know what I'm saying? Start somewhere where now every encounter means something. You know what I also do? I have reminders on my phone. On my phone, because technology is so, is so inundated, I have a, a, a reminders. And, and my reminders come up in the middle of my day saying, hey, have you told your wife how much you love her? Hey, have you told your children how much you value them? Hey, um, have you shared something about God today with your children? Or have you even talked about a controversial topic in, in society? Things that are relevant. They're seeing all this junk. But are you filtering the junk? And then you are, 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 you, are you giving them your opinion or are you just sharing your opinion outside your home? It, it means nothing if you're, not, if you're not in front of it, not reacting to it. I got to be proactive. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, they, 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 they just had a, 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 a they just uh, the, recently, this guy just killed, a, a accidentally his brakes went out on the news and he killed four people and now he just got a hundred years plus. Hey kids, how do you feel about that? Hey, what are your thoughts on that? They're talking about it, but are they talking about it with you? That's powerful. And I think it's for those of you listening to this who, who are resonating with this portion. I know there's there's a lot of people who are well-intentioned who talk at you, who talk at you. And I'd encourage you, if you got to this point, is also like, like, what is the message here? Because sometimes, like, you know, all this stuff can feel like, like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do this, but you don't understand. It's like, what's resonating for you? What is, what is this, what is connecting with you? What are the dots that are being connected with you right now? And what, what do you want to create out of that? At the end of the day, this stuff only works with, with, for people who want to do it. For the people who don't want to connect or don't want to go there, like, like, that's not for you. And something tells me if you're at this point, you're not listening to this. Um, but I think that's very powerful stuff that you shared, Pito. And I wanted to ask you, for the fathers who don't get to see their kids as often, maybe they see them every other week. Maybe they see them, um, maybe they live in another state or another country. Maybe they're just not in their life. What is something that you'd want to tell them? Don't give up on your children. Fight. You cannot. I remember my father-in-law telling me a long time ago, I was going to get divorced early, early in my marriage because of all the things that I had done incorrectly right uh, and i remember my dad my father-in-law telling me something that we, we, he's my dad right because he's probably the best, he's another 
a person who's instilled good values in me. And he said something that was powerful. He said, I, I was going to leave my wife. He was going to leave his wife before my wife, my wife was conceived. And, and he said, and then I remember um, about to walk out and my son, Pastor Jay, um, walked up to him and hugged his dad when he was crying. He's about to walk out. And, and he realized at that moment that he wasn't going to allow another man to raise his child. Mm. That kept him there. Now, God used that to mold him into the man he is today. Nobody should be fighting for your child more than you're fighting for your child. In, in the year of technology, in the year of, uh, uh, you, you're able to bridge that gap. Go to the court systems, fight for your child. Make it known to the world. Sound the trumpets. Pray for them. Fast for them. God will bring you. There's a reason that kid, that, that child is longing to be with you. They don't know it, but some, but somebody out there is imposing their image on them. And one day you, they're going to be 20, 30 years old, and you'll be looking at somebody who doesn't resemble any of your values or your beliefs or how you view life. But if you don't fight for your kids, and you don't fight for, 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 for what's yours, then, then what you're also making a child now give up on their kids and their kids, because everything's generational. This kid is now empty. This child now is giving emptiness. This child is now imposing those values on their kids. And one day you're going to have to give account for that because you gave up. Listen, at the end of the day, those kids are worth it. Your child is worth it. Persevere, fight, because you're the foundation. You're the foundation. The, hey, God made you this way for a reason, bro. You're a man for a reason. Fight for yours, man. Fight for yours. Love it, man. What is one piece of advice that you'd like to give to a new father? Cherish every second. Um, like we go back to that time. Like cherish every second. It, go, it, it goes like this. My, da my daughter was yay big the other day. Now she's going to college. My son's in college. It goes so fast. And one piece of advice that I would do is be careful what you say and you do against, around your child towards their mother all the time. The kids are listening. If you devalue their mother in front of them, your daughters will feel devalued by their spouses and they'll think it's okay. Everything comes back in the loop. So cherish every second, fight for every second, show every second, and love their mother um, is the greatest gift you could ever do for their child. And if you're separated from the mother, I will say this, how you respect the mother you speaking about the mother, you talking down to mother and the mother, she's this, she's that, she doesn't do this. The child shouldn't be imposed that stuff. That stuff is what you're supposed to be taking on the chest. You're supposed to say, I love you. I care about, you. I, think, I thank God that your mother gave me you. Things like that will bring life instead of death. Don't speak death, speak life. And this one isn't for, for me, this isn't for any other guy listening to this either what is something that you want to tell whether it's something you've always said or something new that you want to tell elijah 
something you want to tell Yasmin, something you want to tell Joshua? I am so proud to be your dad. You make me, you made me a better person. I, you, Elijah, I learned from you how to be a man. From Yasmin, I learned how to be sensitive and, and vulnerable. From Joshua, I learned how to be persistent and patience. <laughs> um, but you made me better. And um, you're my legacy. And I'm proud of every single one of you guys. Thank you so much, Pito. Franklin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're I gone. like Pito. My family calls me Pito. I see you're my family. You call me Pito. Right. I love it, brother. Thank you so oh, much. There's so much, uh, so much to unpack here. So thank you for your your time and your wisdom, brother. I, I love you for and thank you for the for the platform. And um, I'm I'm here for all you guys, man. Um, uh, and I, I know that you guys can do it. All right. So love you, man. Love you too.